Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, Josh and I discuss work. We have a conversation about God's plan for work, our problems with work, and how the gospel helps us in our work. We explore how we can overcome the difficulties we all experience in work and how we can find satisfaction in and through our work. As you'll hear, this is a topic that's really important to me. The Christian theology of work is something I've had to wrestle with and apply in my life, and I trust that this conversation will resonate with many of you as well. Our intent is that this episode is engaging and life-giving, as we want to be a church family who glorifies God in our jobs and applies the gospel to our work. Hey guys, uh, I'm not your normal host. Uh, I am Josh and I'm here today with Mike and Jordan as usual. Um, And we are here to talk about work and how that relates uh, to us being Christians in our workplaces. So I'm really excited about this, but this is a great conversation to have. And for me to take the host hat a little bit because Mike especially has had a lot of experience and had to work through this in a lot of different ways. So I'm really excited to hear more from you today and for you to bless us and, and helping us think through how to be Christians in the workplace and even in our home lives. So uh, before we dive in, I mean, obviously work kind of starts for a lot of us pretty early on. And so uh, I thought it'd be interesting, Mike, what was your your first job as a, as a kid? Or I don't know, like when oh, was your man. first job? What was it? Yeah, I want to hear from you too. Uh, first official job, you know, you get the paycheck for was working at Albertsons out in Spokane Valley you know, helping people carry out their groceries. And then I got a huge promotion to the dairy section and loading all the yogurts and milk and being cold for six hours straight. And then uh, I actually worked with my youngest brother. Dairy section, for <laughs> yeah. Sure. And they assigned me the task knowing I probably couldn't do anything else good. I was the one who had to get rid of all the expired dairy products. And oh, what that meant man. is I was in this back oh. closet concrete floor with like a drain on it and i would just pour out oh, all the milk no. and all the yogurt for like two hours straight and just watch it go down the drain so that oh. was my first work experience did wow it, yeah did you get like a mask that smell awful no when you're a teenage boy it's like ah it's probably not too expired that looks delicious but um did yeah, you that take was my job. hits of dairy stuff in the back when you're supposed to be pouring it down a drain no my brother and i talked about doing that but we never followed <laughs> oh, through on man. that yeah yeah. That is, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'd quit. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just bringing to mind uh, an, another more initial job one summer, two summers in college. So I went to George Fox University around here, right? But went up back home to Spokane and worked again with my brother at Gonzaga. And we were janitors on the night shift. And I'll never forget one summer cleaning dorms after groups of basketball camps. And let's just say the cleanup from that. I saw things, I mm. smelled things that I'll never forget. So that oh, was another man. fun job for yeah, me as well. It was really appetizing. Yeah. I'm really yeah. excited for lunch today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jordan, what was yours? Uh, my very first job was washing the sidewalks outside of an Italian restaurant that was owned by a guy at our church and then also doing the dishes. So uh, I was I was 13. For some reason, you were allowed to work that early in Washington, just like 10 hours oh. a week in the summer. And 
I do remember the first time I got a paycheck, I was like, who is FICA and why am I paying him so much money? (laughs) I was so mad. It took me years to get over. Why are they taking stuff out of this check? Like my dad's trying to explain taxes to me. I'm like, this is dumb. I barely make any money. Why would they do this to me? And so I have a quick quick follow-up question on that. Sorry. How would you rank that Italian food against Olive Garden, that restaurant? (laughs) That's really what we're all wondering. Uh, I mean, I would not say we were family there at Basilio's, like at Olive Garden. Uh, no, I Basilio's was super, super good. It was so good. It, mm, the I best imagine. part of working there was that you got a free meal too. So, I mean, it was like on top of, I would always get a pepperoni calzone with a Caesar salad on the side. That was like my go-to for lunch. But they also had these really good like Italian sandwiches too that were, yeah. The pasta awesome. and all that was great, but. That's great. Yeah. Dude, I am hungry. Why do we always do this before lunch? I don't know. I have no idea. Josh, yeah. how about you? Uh, I was a paper boy. Uh, middle school, early high school. I always started in the summer and quit at Christmas because <laughs> in Montana, it was great, you know, in the summertime when the sun was up early and warm. And then when it's like 10 degrees outside and oh, snowy, man. I'm like, why am I doing this for a hundred bucks a month? So, um, so it's technically my first job. Uh, but my real first job I think of was I was the barbecue pit grill master at our minor league baseball stadium. What? what? Yeah. For the Helena Brewers, the Milwaukee oh, Brewers organization. Awesome. So, which Does is a fitting like thing. We're recording dogs? this on opening day. So, um, yeah, it kind of worked out and that was what my job ended up being, but I started out as like running the cash register and then, um, somebody quit who like handled some of the food. And so I had to take that job and then the grill master quit. So I like was the only person they had. So I'm like 15 cooking. Like I can't even fathom how much meat I cooked and I'd never (laughs) run a grill before, but I cooked all this meat uh, for, uh, cause we were the only pit in the whole stadium. Uh, So I don't know, at least hundreds of hundreds of burgers and hot dogs and chicken and, my claim to fame was I didn't get anybody sick that I know of. So, which was my only goal. So, anyway, how long did you do that job? Just for one summer, one summer. for one baseball season. Yeah. yeah. So, what an awesome fun, job. Yeah. Were you cool. were you sampling like Mike was sampling expired milk? Uh, I remember. Yeah, I got something to eat every day. It was yeah. good. So, anyways, so yeah, it actually uh, work can be a lot of fun. It can be kind of disgusting, and so, um, but all at the same time, you know, we want to help people think through their own work. And especially thinking through like what God has to say about work. And he has a lot to say about that. So um, maybe we could start with the positive, Mike, you know, just in in trying to process uh, through what does God has to say about work in scripture. Oh, yeah. You know, that's our starting point. We want to ground ourselves there. What comes to your mind? Oh, for sure. And I think this is so important because we all can have categories that check the box and say, yeah, I know that. But once you start to actually have, whether it be these first jobs or later in careers, whether a career you love or one you don't, we have to wrestle with what God has to say in his word about work. So first, I think it's critical that we know that work is good. So I had this misconception and I didn't realize it until a few years uh, into my career and Carrie and I had already been married for whatever reason. I thought like work was part of the curse, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. Work is created to be good. Adam is working in the garden before the curse. So first God tells us that work is good. It's before sin entered the world when God created because And the reason why is because we're made in God's image, right? So he is the creator. Uh, We're made in his image to work, to cultivate, to shape things. So it's important that we know like 
work as precurse. And I know in some of Randy Alcorn's books, he talks about on new heavens and new earth, we will be working. So work in and of itself is is good. So it's important uh, as Christians that we just know that. It's important we don't have any false presuppositions or assumptions around work. So first, I'd say that work is good. That's great. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I mean, we think of the creation mandate to Adam and Eve, like you're saying, mm-hmm. be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. In chapter one of the Bible, uh, we think of even how that that creation mandate's kind of renewed almost when Noah gets off the boat. Yes. Um, after the judgment comes of humanity. Um, and then like what you're referring to, Genesis chapter two, where it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Uh, that, yeah, we've been, got work is created by God. Um, it's, it's something that's built into us that we uh, want to do. And anybody who stays idle for too long, um, even if they don't have this desire to get up and go accomplish a bunch of stuff because that stresses them out, even if they struggle with sloth in that way, um, you're still going to create a misery within you because it's wired within us to want to work and yes. to do something. I mean, that's why I've talked to people, I'm not there yet, but people who've got to retirement. And for some people, that's wonderful and blissful, but they have some sort of purpose in their retirement. Mm-hmm. It's the people who don't have a purpose in their retirement that often can struggle, you mm-hmm. know, because um, you can only take so much leisure time oh, yeah. because we're meant to to work and to do something good yes. with the time that we have that's beneficial to other people. Yeah, exactly. And then when you think about God's ongoing care of his creation, so God is sovereign over the ends and the means, right? So one means that God cares for his creation, his world is through our work, like through our labor and hands like Martin Luther talked about that back in the day right so like how do we have the provision to eat it's through the farmers work and other ways how do we you know live in the society in which we do like work is important it's it's um, evidence of God's caring provision for his creation so work in and of itself is good and I think a lot of us could like nod our head to that but we really gotta own that and know that deep in our like hearts and our emotions in order to really see work in a way that a Christian is called to see work. That's right. Yeah. Well, even in the things that we do in our work, you know, we can do things that um, are creative. You know, we, we, we um, invent things, we build things, um, we develop things. And in that we are imaging God, like Mm -hmm. Genesis one, that God as a creator has given us this world to, be stewards of and to display his glory. And one way that we do that is through the things that we do, yeah. right? That yeah. we're displaying his creativity in his nature. Yep. Uh, but then like what you're saying, I don't, I don't remember exactly the quote, but I remember, I think it was Martin Luther on that idea of work said something like, you know, if you want to go to bed at night, um, you go to bed because it already exists. But if if you had to and you didn't have a bed, how are you going to go to bed? Well, you have to first go out and chop down a tree, right? Which in his day, I'm sure everything was made out of wood or something, <laughs> right? But chop down a tree is like, well, how are you going to get there, right? You don't have a vehicle, so you'd have to invent whatever, all the things you need to do to have a vehicle to go out and chop down the tree. And, you know, you'd have to create the actual invention that would saw down the tree. You know, he kind of just goes through all the things that human beings have invented and created over time that have benefited all of humanity in a way that we can even function and that you can even have a get a bed to go sleep in at night. You know, the other day you can sleep on a rock like Jacob did or whatever, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like it's that idea that everything we have, we don't think about it, but people have been at work and we've benefited from it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a way that we love one another um, and care for all of creation. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 I think it's important that we know that, that we own that first, that work in and of itself is good. Cause here in a minute we'll talk about, but it feels like there's this huge gap between that truth and our lived out reality. And yeah. it's important. We know that work in and of itself was created as, as good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's shift to that. Right. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. a lot of people, probably most people, if we were betting, uh, would have a lot of frustration in their work. Mm-hmm. It's very dissatisfying. I mean, it's refreshing often when you meet somebody who you're like, how's work going? They're like, oh man, I love it. It's going great. I love what I do. You know, you kind of look at them like, wow, you're so lucky. You yeah. know, you're, you found the secret sauce, you know, um, like the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow kind of thing. And so, yeah, why, why is work so challenging oh, man. from a, from a God perspective, right? Not just from an experiential perspective, but from a God perspective. Yeah. So like mirroring that question to story arc of scripture would be, you know, what we just talked about Genesis one, two works good, but then guess what happens? Genesis three, the fall sin. So work is cursed by sin. So the idea of thorns and thistles, right. Um, that manifests itself in every type of work. So it's not just, you know, the farmer tilling the ground or when I'm fighting back the weeds, thorns and thistles, it's thorns and thistles. If you're a CPA, if you're a nurse, if you're a janitor, if you're an architect, if you're whatever in city leadership, if you're a pastor, there's thorns and thistles. So work is cursed. This side of glory, it's cursed. So of course we're going to have problems with that. Um, and sometimes when someone says like, hey, if if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I appreciate that at some level, but I'm just going to call it out. And if you disagree with me, let's talk with our Bibles open. I'm not sure that's totally true. Work in and of itself as biblically defined is cursed. So that's going to have some things that are hard because of the curse. So I think that's just really important that we just nail that to the wall. I can just picture people at church on Sunday, you saying, Hey, how was work this week? And after hearing this podcast, they're going to say cursed Mike. (laughs) Cursed, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that sounds like overly deflating and, and we're going to keep talking about this, but that's one key layer in the cake of work that we just got to know, Hey, it's cursed. Yep. And I think that's what's hard because I think when we're talking about, when we're saying work is cursed, we're not saying work is evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is immoral work. There's jobs that you could have that are immoral and people's Christians should not work in them. For sure. Right. I mean, you could think of easy ones like, we, I won't say any, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. dealing drugs or whatever kind of yep. stuff. Right. So, um, but when we talk about work being cursed, we're not saying work is evil. Um, we're just saying that work has this built in frustration and dissatisfaction in it. Yes. That it's not going to fulfill, it's not going to satisfy us in the way that it would have satisfied Adam. Yep. Pre-fall. Exactly. I think it's important to kind of unpack the layers of what we mean by curse. So awesome question. So work in and of itself is curse. So like, let's say you're someone who works on Excel spreadsheets all day. First, I'm sorry, or maybe you love it, (laughs) but even that work is cursed. A system's going to become broken. Something doesn't work as it should, Mm -hmm. let alone that product you work on. Then whatever next step is in your business or whatever things don't go as they're intended to go. So that's a real practical way that the sin, uh, 
of the curses experienced and known, but then also inside of us with what work does. And that's where I think as Christians, we really need to press into this and understand work in a Christian way. So like the curse, work is cursed even in how we view work, how we orient ourselves around work. Um, so, so for me, I would say this is my experience. I think scripture would speak to this as well. Work is cursed because we make it about ourselves. So especially in our day and age, right, your work is is encouraged to be, you're told to have it core and central to your identity. Uh, and again, maybe that's not in of itself bad, but a step or two from that, and it is because then work becomes curved inward upon ourselves. And part of the curse of work is that work isn't meant to bear the weight of like your value in this world and what your identity is. Even if you do like really good work, which a lot of people in our church do, they're nurses and teachers and stay at home moms and all of it. That's good. But work in and of itself isn't, um, we, we have it disproportionate in our hearts and in our culture of, of how central it is to our identity. So, so work in and of itself, if we're to image God is to serve others, not to serve ourselves, but we've made work about our own identification of our world. And then you could get different terms, right? But we've made it selfish. We've made it, I matter because of my work. And that is the curse at work in work. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 the idea that the curse that comes upon this world when sin enters the world uh, is a curse that now I'm my relationship with God is broken, and that I'm consistently trying to find my identity outside of Him and who He says that I am. And yes. so you're saying, yeah, uh, well, people find their worth, their value, their yeah. identity, and their work. It's it's interesting that you say that because just this week, someone in the church sent me an article. Um, and in it, the article says um, someone named Carolyn Chen, who's the co-director of the Berkeley Center for the Study of Religion at UC Berkeley, uh, she wrote an article in The Atlantic, um, and she talks about a troubling trend in American culture, uh, calling it the collective worship of work. Yes. And yes. she said, um, she cites a McKinsey report that 70% of employees said their sense of purpose is defined by their work. Um, in her view, this is the invisible religion of work and has become an unassailable part of our culture. Um, yep. So just 70% if seventy of people in that one study, you know, and studies are studies, but they at least tip you off to the direction where think you should be looking sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pointing to us like that's where I find my identity, my purpose, yep. you know, in yep. who I am and how I see myself. Yeah. And I'd even say to kind of put that, like land that plane. And I know we could all share in GBC different stories of this, but I know in my my work career, like that's been really central and key and sobering and hard is, is we know our identity is not to be in our work, but work is cursed and I'm cursed, I'm a sinner. And so I marry those two and inevitably over time, I start to see myself through, through the lens of work and how I matter or not because of what I do. So like there's a quote by Tim Keller that has just wrecked me in good ways over the years. And, and he writes this, if our identity is in our work rather than in Christ, success will go to our heads and failure will go to our hearts. So for me in work, 
it was a, a struggle in like the business corporate world of, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know God's called me to this, provide for my family, all those dynamics in play, right? But then the uh, issue of identity starts to come when maybe you're in a job that it's not the best fit for you. And maybe you get feedback from a boss that's like, hey, you're not meeting expectations or, hey, we're going to redeploy you and there's a reorganization and you're supposed to go here. And all of these things over time start to play with this interface of work and identity and who am I? And when that starts to become um, poked at and pulled at, it really, in, in my experience, started to bring that out to the surface that I had inevitably started to tie my identity into my work. And so not to over, you know, psychoanalyze this, but that's the curse at play in work and work had become too important in some ways and not important enough in other ways. Um, anyway, so. That's really good. Yeah. That's really helpful. Can I ask like a follow-up based off of that quote and what you just mm -hmm. said? So you said 70% of people in that study are saying they find their purpose through their work. So th there could be like two sides to that, right? Of that either in a good way, someone feels like they're finding their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe, maybe that's where you get people that, yeah, I do like my job and, but maybe that could lend to like the, the workaholic idea. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to ask like, wh what would you say? And maybe you guys are going to touch on this later. What would you say to someone who in a good way, they feel like in a good way, they're finding their identity in work, but they're working maybe too much yeah. or the other person, the other side of the coin would be, I feel like I find my identity in work, but I feel like my job doesn't matter. Like I always remember growing up thinking like, Oh, like if you're going to be a good worker, you got to be a missionary or a church planner or a pastor. Cause that's work that like actually has meaning in life or whatever. And, but uh, that's obviously not true that we need jobs for everything. Not just mm -hmm. we can't all be pastors or whatever of like, cause that's the only job that God cares about. So how do you, Man, that's an awesome. How do you question. deal with like both sides of that of the person who enjoys their work so much? Maybe they're they become a workaholic, but they're like they're a good worker. Yeah. Or the other side of like, yeah, they do their job, but they're struggling with like, why? What's what's the point of this job? How would yeah. you how would I you think help those counsel are kind those people? Of a little bit, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but we're looking at kind of two ditches to the road on either side of the road mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. idea, and. I know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but having asked that, we can do that. Um, that basically, as a Christian, we're we're trying to advocate, at least from what Scripture is teaching us, that we should not find our identity in our work. Right. Mm -hmm. That my my identity is not what I do; it's who God says that I am, and it's only when that becomes my reality, where I actually have freedom then to enjoy doing work. Mm -hmm. to want to do good work, but I do it because I love God. Mm -hmm. I do it because I want to love other people. I do it because I want to image him in this world. And my vocation could change. My job could change. I could lose my job. I could have to go reorient a whole different career. But if that's not my identity, but my identity is who I am in Christ and that yes. I'm loved and he's been so faithful to me and I have this new heaven to look forward to, like all the kind of gospel yeah. stuff, the road is that, that's the narrow road in the workforce, you know, in following Christ is is finally being freed from work being my identity. Yeah. Because we're That's all so we're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman or yeah. I want to be a whatever. And then, I mean, I just, you know, you hear athletes sometimes, they become parents, you know, and they they go, I used to think of myself as a professional athlete and, and now I, I'm, 
I don't, I just see myself, this is my job, mm-hmm. you know? And what they're trying to get at that, you know, that was their identity. But even then they're kind of then misplacing their identity because mm-hmm. now my identity is that I'm a dad. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and that's hard because you could end up not being a dad someday or, you know, all these different things. Like if my identity is in my marriage, but then I don't have a marriage at some point, right? Mm. So all these things in our life, we can attribute to who we are Mm -hmm. in our identity, but if it can be taken away from us, that'll absolutely crush us. And that's what the hope of the gospel is, is that we have an identity that can never be taken away. Absolutely. And when I find my footing there, then everything else is a role, like a, a, a part in God's, great story that he's bringing about in this world that I get to be a part of people I get to know and love, you know, that kind of thing. Amen. So that's so good. Yeah. I just think it's so important. We see work through, um, the lens of a Christian, right. Through what God's word has to say. And so, you know, part of your question was Jordan, sometimes there's like this, I don't know, perception or misconception sometimes in Christian subculture, like, Hey, the really good work is, you know, fill in the blank missionary pastor, whatever. The other work is, man, we just got to put up with it till heaven. Mm-hmm. No, that's not Christian. Or I need a paycheck. Yeah, right. I need a paycheck, right. which is great. You can honor Jesus by helping, you know, provide for your family and your church family and sacrificially give. But in and of itself, like we're all called to work to the glory of God. And that includes all of us in whatever work with, that we do, as long as it's, you know, in a way that's legal, like yeah. you brought up earlier. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and that's I, really helpful. I yeah. think how you guys answered yeah, and I, I mean, I think it'd be also important to bring up Ecclesiastes. We went through it last year, but this is kind of getting at some of that identity issue. Mm-hmm. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 16, um, he says, I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For the wise, as of the fool, there is no enduring, enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come, all will have been long forgotten um, he goes, so I hated life, right? So we struggle often in our work because we want to be remembered. We want the things that we do to for people to remember us by those things. Mm-hmm. There's like a legacy that we all have this longing for. And the frustration of it is no one's going to remember it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I mean, who invented the bed? I have no idea, right? <laughs> for but I'm thankful, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then it goes on. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he'll be wise or a fool. Hmm. So we have that frustration, that difficulty of work not lasting, right? Mm-hmm. That I have to pass it on and it could be destroyed or ruined. Yeah. Right? So these are all these things. But when you think about the frustration or difficulty of it, it all has to relate to myself. Like I did this. I want it to continue, you know, or I want to be remembered. And so that's why chapter three kind of begins to get us to the hope. And it kind of explains the frustration. Verse 11, chapter three, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. So uh, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So I have this eternity in my heart, this longing Mm -hmm. for eternal things, yet I'm dealing with all this temporary frustration. Yep. And so he ends in verse 14 there. That whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. Mm -hmm. So there's a work that the writer of Ecclesiastes is pointing out that God does, Mm -hmm. and it endures. Yes. My work, no one remembers me for it. Um, Someone's going to screw it up when I'm gone. And I probably screwed it up already in the first place. (laughs) And so, but God does everything perfectly and it endures. And so we're trying to shift in our thinking like, okay, what's the work God's doing in the world? Yeah, amen. Um, 
and what does he have to say about work? Yeah. And maybe that'll give me some freedom there. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're bringing up the, the crux of the matter is the difficulty in our work is really because we want our heaven now. Because we feel that, like you said, heaven is written on our hearts. I love Ecclesiastes, how practical it is, even ironic it is, right? And it, it just brings that tension out to the surface that, yeah, work is hard because I'm not ultimately, this isn't home and work is cursed. So I have this tension. I know work's supposed to be good, have this longing like underneath all of this, and it's not going to be fulfilled until the new heavens and new earth. So it should point us somewhere. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So let's get a little more practical, mm -hmm. um, in, in the weeds of this a little bit, but, you know, we're talking about the difficulties and, and all that of work and how we, how can we find some satisfaction, some enjoyment, yeah, um, some freedom, mm -hmm. you know, to where you don't kind of hate waking up and going to, going to work on Monday mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. I mean, we have a whole different gamut to think through. I mean, so many different jobs, you know, if people serve as, um, you know, emergency responders or, mm -hmm. you know, police officers to teachers to medical professionals to um, stay-at-home parents, you know, yeah. uh, students going to school and learning, you know, I mean, there's just so many jobs out there. Mm -hmm. And then most other jobs, I don't even know what people do, but they, <laughs> they always tell me what they do. And I'm like, that sounds really important. <laughs> That's great. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, managing people, you know, there's just so many jobs. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to get in the weeds of everything. But at the same time, like how, how did you, Mike, uh, remind us again, how many years did you, were you not a pastor in your work? life yeah. and and how did you kind of navigate that walk yeah. between dissatisfaction frustration and yeah. satisfaction i'll try to not make this a counseling session but uh, to, <laughs> to unpack it so i he I'm, is laying on his back right now on the yeah, couch, yeah, just so yeah. tell yeah. me about your dad yeah. uh so uh, about 20 years uh originally when i went to university uh have always wrestled with the call to ministry but then thought oh, i should be a high school teacher and a coach i love history and literature and sports so that yeah i could do that uh did that for a year and then uh, Carrie, my wife, uh, was an accountant for a, a big firm, and we wanted her to be a stay-at-home mom. So, so uh, that was in the early 2000s, economic downturn, being a sub or teaching at a small Christian school wasn't going to pay the bills as we started to have kids. So thought, well, I guess I'm not supposed to be a teacher. So then I got into some f financial stuff and then managing uh, in the insurance industry. And so throughout all that time, um, I know so many at Gresham Bible Church can relate to this, right? There's probably the small percentage like, I know what I'm going to be when I grow up and that's what you do. We all wrestle with it. This. So for me, like this discussion is real. It's very practical. I'm still working through it. Uh, so the encouragements would be like, God cares about you. God cares about work. It is not something that you just have to grit your teeth this side of heaven. Like it's formative. God is shaping us. He's shaping me through work, like for his good purposes to make me into the image of Christ. So looking back, the best of all possible worlds, even though I um, asked Carrie so many times, seasons, mornings, it's, it felt like I wanted to rip my skin off. This isn't what I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do, but I know I'm supposed to do it. And so Jesus, I love you. I'm going to do this. 
Uh, but in that tension was just preaching the gospel to myself. Like, where's my identity? What's the purpose? And for me, a verse that has really encouraged me over the years in that tension, in that wrestling, like the encouragement of work that God cares is Hebrews 6, 10 says this, for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. So context is kind of like, you know, missionary church stuff, but just that idea that God is not so unjust to overlook your work. Like God cares about our work and it's forming us one way or another into a particular type of person and kind of reorient, reorienting our hearts towards God. So I guess my my one encouragement would be God cares, God knows, God remembers. It's for his good purposes, even when it doesn't make sense. Hmm. So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. 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 I imagine that there's probably a lot of ways that people can think through their work. You mm -hmm. know, like we've talked about already that it can be like an idol, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's totally. who they are and they can't imagine not doing that thing because it, it would be crushing. Um, I imagine there's a lot of people who uh, are doing work right now that they don't want to be doing, mm -hmm. kind of like what you're at. Um, and I know we're going through this historical season of, called the Great Resignation. You know, mm -hmm. we've talked about that um, coming out of COVID and all that. Um, I'm sure there's other ways where people just kind of look at the work that they do and it's frustrating because it's not coming out the way they want it to come out. Mm -hmm. They're trying to do something. Uh, kind of probably the way that I try to do household um, repairs, you know, it just never comes out the way I want it to. It's frustrating, <laughs> you know. Me what? Too. Uh, Me too. That wasn't a joke, guys, but I'm just kidding. No. Uh, yeah, or, you know, I think about uh, my wife is a stay-at-home parent, you know, and just, you know, the mounds of laundry and the repetition of that. And, you know, yes. so I, I think, you know, in some ways there's uh, just a lot of different difficulties that come along with it. And, you know, I imagine those really low points, we're kind of sinking down into ourselves, kind of into our own story again. And so you're kind of describing in a way this move mm -hmm. that's not a sleight of hand, um, but you're trying to press back up into what God's doing and who God is, kind yes. of like God's story, so to speak, Amen. in this world, right? You're, you're trying to rise above that again and go, okay, what is real? Um, cause it's kind of that, that understanding that what I'm, what I'm experiencing around me is real, but it's often not true. Yeah. And so you're trying to press up into what's not only real, but what actually is a true. Amen. Like to preach the gospel to yourself, to use that common language, but it's really to apply God's promises and who God is and what he says about who I am and what work is and where my destination is, and then apply that like real time. And I really mean this, like whatever job that is from entry level job to someone's in their career, whether they love their work or they're hating it, all of it. And then I just say this real quick. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say it like Ecclesiastes. This is all under the sun, right? Work is cursed, but it does seem like these last 20 years or so, and it kind of mirrors my story, there's some unique aspects that are happening in the world that make this even more like poignant or just has some sharper edges to it. So in terms of like, 
identity stuff and seeing work is, you know, a way I show how important I am. So focus, focusing it inward, like the autonomous self idea. So work is married to that. So there's different layers to it. And then also just with what we've been through with COVID and technology and Zoom meetings and working from home, I remember with the best of intentions, some uh, leaders I reported to, they didn't know Jesus, but they would use this language all the time. Again, I'm going to assume positive intent, but they're like, work is family. Work is family. So people start to like, uh, for some people it is, they don't have mm -hmm. community. So work becomes this thing that is filling these deep voids in our hearts, but it's not intended to do that. So like all of this is kind of in the mix right now when we talk about work in our cultural moment and our time and place. So at some level it's, you know, hashtag first world problems for us to contemplate work like this. Like yeah. we have all these choices generations before us, like, man, my dad made shoes, so I'm going to make shoes and my son's going to make shoes. Like all of these choices kind of make this even more difficult at some level. I just feel like we need to kind of throw that out there. That's one reason why we struggle with work because um, of the day and age in which we live too. So, yeah. Right. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think on a practical level, I mean, we can't go into all this kind of stuff, but I imagine there's probably counsel people need in um, maybe they're doing a type of job that's just outside of the way God's wired them, you mm -hmm. know? So there's a lot of stress that can come from that. If you're doing something that just is not, it's kind of like against your nature a little mm -hmm. bit in the sense of your gifting, that can be really difficult and frustrating, I imagine. That's and why I'm not the shortstop for the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> if you were, you would think that's awesome, but it'd be stressful, I imagine, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's that kind of thing too, you know, just trying to figure out about who I am and what's mm -hmm. available to me. Yeah. I think there could be all their dangers practically in our frustration where you're looking for a job, but um, you're looking for the perfect job. Mm. And sometimes maybe we just need to get a job, yeah. you know, and start serving and contributing to society. Um, and, and, you know, you have to take wisdom categories for that yeah. um, into consideration. Um, but I think there's probably some frustration around there or frustration around just, again, you're doing work and you're dissatisfied, you know, you're seeing the amount of laundry again. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I have to, you know, put myself in my home life and what's that like, uh, it's important for me to step back and think through, okay, what's important. What's important is I love my kids. I love my wife. You know, I'm loving the people around me. I'm serving them the best I can. Yep. And I look at the things that are not being produced the way that I want them to be. And I have to remember that God's not shaking his head at me. Like, are you serious? That's the hole you put in the wall, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, but just that sense of um, like, he's not sitting there just shrugging at me like, wow, you're still behind again, you know, that kind of idea. But um, there's a sense where I can look at God and he's like, yeah, it's not finished. It never will be, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's okay. And learning to live with that imperfection yeah, can be really like hard. This, amen. There's like this balance that we're to be honest with God and lament and share our frustrations and with your church family. And I don't use family there in a cheesy corporate way. I mean it biblically. God calls yeah. us mm -hmm. family. So for us to say we're church family is not corporate jargon. It's true. Um, but to process that with your brothers and sisters in Christ, your frustrations with work, then also to be faithful in your work too. So yeah, put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes we just need a job to um, provide and those things and to figure out your giftings. You can, the best way to do that is like real time. So serve in different ways, try different types of jobs. And if someone is stuck in a job where they just know this isn't what I'm supposed to do, man, I 
like, let's talk, let's meet for coffee. I totally get that. But process that with other Christians, talk it through. Don't just do it in isolation, doing it in community. Be willing to ask questions of people like, hey, where do you see like I'm at my best? You know, what are my strengths? Where are my opportunities? That can be kind of, um, I don't know, that takes a lot of courage to have that conversation, but we can because our identity is in Christ, not in work. Like God's gifted us all in different ways and it honors and glorifies him for us to to process that um, as fellow Christians. So anyway, that's like a practical thing. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, I can think of different times in GBC where um, I've met with people like to go over my resume and to ask their questions on where do you see my gifts and what I wanna do and I've done that with other people and man, it's so good. So I would encourage people to be willing to have those type of conversations. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I think another practical thing um, could be, I mean, when you experience the difficulty, uh, again, we sink down into our own kind of self and story mm-hmm. and kind of rising up out of that, perceive the difficulty as another thing God is using to form, conform you to the image of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I'm speaking from personal experience in that. I, I I at least feel like I'm the worst at this, that I just, when some, when I'm in the midst of transition, the midst of the process where something's not completed, I just have a hard time enjoying it because Mm. I just want to be done with it. I hate living in the, the in-between, but our whole lives are spent in the in-between. And so I'm even wrestling through that right now. Just how do I uh, live in the in-between in such a way um, that I can enjoy it, appreciate it, not want to just pass through it. And one of the ways that helps me is just going, all right, this is something God is using to conform the image of Christ in me. Amen. And so I don't want to go faster than God is actually wanting to move this thing along Yeah. because he has a purpose in it all. Yes. Um, so, so some of that kind of stuff helps. Oh, you know, I, think, I think it's huge. It's some of the frustration. Yeah. 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 Um, we know we have a little bit more time maybe, but um, just let's think through, uh, I know a lot of Christians probably on their minds are thinking through, how do I share the gospel mm-hmm. in the workplace? You know, so I've counseled people as a pastor over the years as Christians radically come to faith, or maybe they're like renewed in like a Jared Wilson kind of gospel wakefulness sort of way. Mm-hmm. If you read that book, it's a great book to read. Um, but they're like kind of just lit up for Christ. Like, I just want everyone to know about him. And then, so their, their lives, you know, they're at a computer all day and they're frustrated by it. Cause they're like, I either need to be telling someone about Jesus. I need to be listening to a sermon. I need to be in the clouds and worship songs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they feel frustrated, you know, like maybe I should go into full-time ministry or something. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, full-time ministry isn't worship in the clouds all the time either. So, <laughs> uh, but at the same, so there's like this frustration, right? And I think on, on one level, Part of um, where people live is a little bit on the on the uh, playing field of how do I how do I be a Christian in the workplace? Yep. Uh, so, what would you say about that? Just yeah. what does that mean to be? What difference does it make in our workplace that we're a Christian? Should it be any different? Oh man, great question. I would say first, if I had like a wish list of things for GBC, close to the top of that is all of us as a church family having that view of seeing our work matters 
for the glory of God individually, corporately. So how do we um, live into our work? It's yes, you're placed in your workplace if you believe God is sovereign for a purpose that's for your own good to be formed in the image of Christ and to adorn the gospel and those you work with. So I would, you're, you're to see yourself as a missionary. So like, as we're talking about work, um, if I don't, if you don't hear anything else that we're talking about, hear this, like Christianity reforms your purpose, your identity, and your worship about work. So how you worship God at work is be willing to share the gospel with your coworkers. But I'm going to say this at the risk of um, not giving the full context of the story. Worked with a gentleman who loves Jesus. He and I will be in heaven together someday. He was wrestling with this tension how he took action to this tension is he printed off a bunch of Bible verses and taped them to the walls in our business office and specifically around back in the day when the copy machine mattered a lot in the printer. He would hang out around the printer and try to engage people in spiritual conversations with these memory verses. Again, I, there's no perfect method. I'm going to sound like I'm critiquing, but the opportunity and why I'm sharing this story is two things. A, he did not do it in a way that adorned the gospel in his tone. Mm. B, he was not a good worker. He <laughs> thought that work didn't matter. And so I'm just going to put up all the Bible verses. Yeah. Well, people wouldn't listen to him because he didn't do his part on projects. He was late on deadlines. He made people's lives difficult. So in love, I would say, if you're going to share the gospel at work, do it with who you are and all of yourself. None of us are perfect. Our identity is in Christ, not in our works. I'm not saying like, you better be like the best performer on every team to glorify God. Well, I have strengths and weaknesses, but do your work well in order to earn the right to be heard when you have those conversations that people can know, hey, so-and-so is trusted. I know they do good work. I can depend on them. Like, yeah, they want to have a spiritual conversation with me. Let's talk. So that's something that comes to mind at the risk of that maybe being too forward. Uh, no, I think yeah. that's not risky at all. Um, but yeah, I think when we're talking about that idea of witness in the workplace, um, number one, I think we kind of start with getting the gospel out, which is what evangelism is. Yes. We're not saying it's not. Yep. Amen. But when I think of what is my witness in the workplace, fundamentally it should be number one, doing great work. Yep. And number two, being able to put it down. Yep. Right. I mean, well that's said. such a witness, you know, where people, when work is their identity, being able to work really hard when I'm at work and do, do well at it, like strive to do well, Yeah. not because it's my identity, but because I'm working for King Jesus. Amen. Right. But then because I work for King Jesus, he tells me to put it down. Yep. When I, when I leave work, I need to have boundaries. I need people to know that I rest. Right. Mm -hmm. I have other priorities in my life um, that are way beyond the walls yeah. of this building or wherever Amen. my cubicle or whatever it is. Right. And so just that alone is such a witness because people yes. are going to go, wow, I, this person works really well. And so you're not going to have that sort of um, um, decayed or uh, rusted image. If you even want to talk about Christ, they're like, well, I don't even respect you. Yep. Right. And then they're going to be kind of in shock. A lot of people like, how do you have margin or how do you rest? You're like, well, it's not my identity. Right. Amen. And so, and God tells me I'm made to put work down. Yes. Right? That's such a witness. So before we even get to the actual sharing of the gospel, that's huge. Amen. And I would say amen hundred percent to what you're saying right now. I've seen it. I've lived it. When is a believer imperfectly, you start to get work in the way we're talking about. 
it, the language that comes to mind, it adorns the gospel. People are going to ask you for a reason for the hope that you have. You, It happens. I've lived it. I've been in those conversations because it's different. It's countercultural. You have a different kingdom, a different horizon that you're working for, different meaning, different identity. Man, it just sings. People are going to want to talk to you about it, whether it, after a meeting or, hey, after work, can we go hang out? I've noticed this. Can we talk about it? Like um, I shared the book by Tim Keller, Every Good Endeavor, that's kind of a practical application of the theology of vocation, shared it with different um, people who I've worked with who don't know Jesus, but they wanted to talk about work. It's like, man, let's talk about it. So I would just encourage us as a church, be growing in our understanding of work, but for the sake of going on offense and not just playing defense, like see yourself as a missionary and how you're going to do that in your workplaces by working to the glory of God, right? First Corinthians 10 31, all that you do to the glory of God, and then see it through these lenses that you're talking about, like do really good work. And then, cause we don't have our identity in our work, lay it down. I promise you that is going to prompt some really cool conversations. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I imagine too. I mean, if you want to share the gospel at work, you kind of have to be honest about who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, have at least some innate desire to not fit in. Yep. You know, be willing to stand out um, so people know that you're a Christian. Yeah. Right. So even like you saying, hey, here's this book. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I mean, people are going to hopefully know that you have this faith in God. Um, totally. and, and so you're going to be honest about who you are. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's going to go a long ways. And then, um, I've counseled people over the years, though you're you're kind of more in in you've been in that world more, but um, don't feel the pressure to have to share the gospel at work. I mean, don't skirt away if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, but just seek to build relationships with people at your work outside of work. Yes, um, and that's probably when those things are going to happen. Man, you're you're so spot on. Yeah, I'd say yes. Look for opportunities to build real relationships with people, different connection points, different interests, because. Uh, you love Jesus, you want to make him known and you love these people that don't know Jesus. And then like one practical thing that God convicted me about after a while in my, my work career. So often, you know, on Monday mornings, you're in a meeting first thing, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? For a while I felt like, Oh, if I say like church or community group, I'll be like, you know, turning down opportunities. Like I had to be like some secret agent Christian in corporate mm -hmm. world. That was wrong of me. And I learned that because the Holy Spirit convicted me. So when people would ask me that, like, man, I went to church on Sunday and then we heard this or we hung out with these people and we learned about this. And in a counterintuitive way, that brings up more gospel opportunity in your workplace sure. because that is our core identity. So we're going to share it. So don't don't hide it. Do it in loving, gracious, humble ways. But man, talk about the stuff that matters to you. So, yeah. Yeah. A quote I use with our students all the time. Sure. Most everybody's heard is if somebody accused you of being a Christian, would they have enough evidence to convict mm -hmm. you? So like if you're at work and Jesus is your identity, but people don't even know <laughs> that yeah. you're a Christian, well then that, you know, that's saying something. So that can be how you treat others, obviously how you just talk to them, the work mm -hmm. ethic you have. And I think some of the stuff you're saying too, like people notice other people who are living for a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that's, I think God within imaging him has put innately in all of us is that we want to be about a part of something bigger. And especially if you're at a job where like nobody likes their job, but they can tell that like, man, there's just something about you that some more joy and hope in you than everybody else that works here. Like, what is your deal? And it's like, yeah, well, man. I, I got to serve in kids 
kids class this week. And then I went to community group and then we got together for a barbecue after one of my friend's kids baseball game or like all that stuff is like, wait, what, what do you, you know, like, that's just, just not, not how the world works. And so totally. th- that's the kind of stuff that makes people ask questions and wonder why you are the way you are. Yep. And that's yeah. not you showing off or trying no. to manipulate a conversation. It's just being, hey, this is important to me. This is yeah. bringing my full self to work. And Jesus is central to that. So. Well, that's the that's the the move that needs to happen yep. in our lives where, because the, the, the misstep from even hearing that idea, because it's, it's true, is to go, all right, I need to be I need to stand out. I need to. Right, right. I need to be more joyful. I need to be act. I need to act like this so that people might wonder why are you like that. Mm-hmm. Problem is, your um, behavior follows your belief. And so, at the end of the day, if you're um, still getting your identity from your work, if you're still hoping that um, heaven's going to be realized right now in your work, all that stuff. Um, if your identity is not in Christ, like truly where you're freed from your work being your identity yep. and proving that you have worth and value or that people should like you. Um, that's that's when you'll have joy finally because yes. the pressure mm-hmm. will be off. You could lose your job and you go, God will still provide and yeah. I can do something else, right? Because my identity is not my work, whatever it is, yeah, right? So it's, it's counterintuitive a little bit. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I just would encourage us as a church to be talking about this. So like in your community groups, Bible studies, before or after church, just check in with each other on how work's going. Work's really hard lately for a lot of people with the great resignation stuff. People, you know, overworked, understaffed, asked to be doing more with less. We're all still trying to figure out those who are working from home. It's just different, brings different challenges. So let's talk about it as a church, help each other. And I would encourage people, this is maybe overly practical, but who you know in our church who work in the same industry as you, look for opportunities to interact with each other, to encourage like, hey, what are some current challenges in our industry, in our workplace? Where are certain gospel opportunities? And to really like encourage each other and sharpen each other as a church. So um, I love that Gresham Bible Church doesn't have that false dichotomy, like Sundays matter, the rest of the week doesn't. All of life is worship. And I think we have an opportunity as a church to grow into this even more and to model this for our kids and the next generation of GBC for the sake of advancing the gospel. So I just, um, I love this conversation because it's been really important to me. If there's anybody at church that wants to talk about it, I know, uh, you know, reach out to Josh or I or any of the elders or Jordan or others. Like, I just want this to be a conversation piece in our church because I think it's really important. Yeah, I think that could be the frustration of even a podcast if people listen to this is it's it's just going to give you some handles a little bit, some yeah. categories and go, where am I misthinking about this? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, not thinking about this rightly because on, on the ground, I mean, some of the application of this into your specific workplace and life really has to come through sitting down and being counseled by a friend or exactly meeting up with you or me or Jordan or somebody, you know, just to kind of process through how things are going. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully this gives some handles of how to think through this and some follow-up conversations to be had. So, um, yeah, any, uh, I know you recommended Tim Keller's every good endeavor. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, if people want to continue to think about this, get some more handle, even some practical steps uh, from this, uh, that book I think helps um, for sure. And some of the practical stuff too. Um, there's a book called The Gospel at Work. 
uh, subtitle, How Working for King Jesus Gives Purpose and Meaning to Our Jobs. It's written by Sebastian Traeger and Greg Gilbert. Um, that book is uh, a little bit shorter than Every Good Endeavor. Great book. But really practical and um, it gives you some foundation as well. We could put that in the show notes. Yep. And then lastly, uh, maybe a good resource just for articles and stuff is the Center for Faith and Work. Mm-hmm. There's one out of Los Angeles, one out of New York. Uh, that was started out of Redeemer Presbyterian. They offer really good resources. And then often it sounds like you on like the Gospel Coalition website, tgc.org or whatever yep. their website is. And they often have um, some articles related to work. Faith and work category. Faith and work categories. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots could be said, but um, hopefully it's a helpful conversation. And if you, uh, GBC, if you have any questions want to follow up, uh, or if you think of a question that you want us to kind of address here in this platform, uh, you can always send your questions to Mike, Mike at GreshamBible.org. Can I just say something about work real quick? Yeah. You crushed this. Good job. <laughs> Switching roles. You did good in this work. Good you job. Do a good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I've Man. worked really hard. So. Got some just, real talent I do here. talk for a living, so, but uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad. Can I say right. something about work too? Yeah. Mike, I'm really glad that this is your job now here at the church, but yeah. I'm also really grateful just for the experience you've had of where you've been. I would say one of the things I've noticed most about you in the year you've been here is it seems like you have done a lot of counseling with people Mm. in their work field of just what that's like. And so even though I know you had at times a dissatisfying journey to get to this point, I just see God's providence to Mm. equip you in such a way to now be such a benefit to people in our church and, yeah. and I'm mean, not even people in our church. I know you still like meet with people from your mm-hmm. old job and stuff, which is like, it's just, I, I've noticed it. It's really mm-hmm. cool. And Thanks, I, I just I, really appreciate you and, and just your heart you have for people to help them understand where true identity comes from. I, I think you're nailing it. I sincerely appreciate it. It's something that's near and dear to me because I've lived it, still have hurts and questions I'm working through. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah GBC is blessed by you, man. Oh, so no doubt. If we could all be here, if everybody could be here, we'd all say like all the teenagers, let's go. Right. <laughs> let's Mike's go. Set, so. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> all right. Hope you have a good week, guys.